This week's episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast is brought to you by Distilled Experiences, the premier Central Kentucky tour group on the map. This is the best way to check out the Kentucky Bourbon Trail and all of the wonderful things that Kentucky tourism has to offer to you, including, but not limited to, the Bourbon Trail, as mentioned before, the horse industry of Kentucky, and all of its culinary and cocktail culture. You can find your exclusive experience at distilledexperiences.com. And if you would like to participate in the public tours, which occur every Friday and Saturday, you can use the code MyBurbonPodcast for 15% off every tour. So one more time, public tours, again, at distilledexperiences.com. You use the code MyBurbonPodcast for 15% off. And there might just be the chance the Pear Bear himself will be your tour guide. So... On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I'm your host, Perry, and uh... I'm on my own this week, and that's for a couple of different reasons. First off, uh, we are coming off of Whiskey Week in Batch 2 with the podcast, and it was it was something else, let me tell you, and uh, I'm, I'm still a little worn out, I'm still a little tired, and so we're, uh, we're doing something a little bit different this week, uh, but before I get to that, Got some uh, some news to talk about up front, um, and a couple of other little things here and there. Uh, but first off, I want to say a big thank you, as always, to everyone who has been rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. Uh, that is a super awesome, huge way that you can support the show. Gets more people seeing uh, uh, the the show in their podcast apps and pushing it towards a uh, new leaders. So. Uh, yeah, thank you for doing that. Please continue to do that, uh, or, or do that for the first time if you have not done so, uh, just yet. So let's talk about what this episode's going to be. So I'm going to run through a little bit of news. Uh, there's not a whole lot that has, uh, that has come out over the past week, but, um, just a, just a little bit here, uh, to, to chat about. And, uh, then you are actually going to hear, what was February's bonus episode for Patreon? Uh, it's a really fun episode that I got to do with my wife Lucy and my father-in-law Brett, uh, where we actually tasted uh, some gin. So it seems kind of odd coming off of Whiskey Weekend, but uh, I, I want to explain too why uh, we're doing this. So the audio that I captured. Uh, on the last night of Whiskey Weekend, just didn't, it doesn't make sense to, to put it to air. Um, there's a couple of parts of it that I might wind up publishing on the main feed for people to hear, uh, but for the most part, it just was kind of unusable audio, uh, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to uh, put something out there that I don't feel super, super happy with or super proud of, and it doesn't make sense to put you all through uh, something that I'm not confident in either. So you're going to get to hear this bonus episode, which is a lot of fun. And uh, then I'm going to come back at the end and answer some Patreon questions as well. Give you some tips and bits. 
And then uh, we're going to wrap the show up. So let's talk about a little bit of news. So first and foremost, we got to talk about the newest release of Booker's, which was not necessarily announced uh, recently, but it is coming in uh, very, very hot across the country. Uh, That is dropping at 126.4 proof, and it is called Granny's Batch. Um, which is really cool. Uh, according to the notes that come courtesy uh, of Fred No, he says uh, his grandmother was very close uh, with her oldest son, Booker, and she was instrumental in getting him his first job at the distillery, uh, where he would go on to become master distiller, create his namesake bourbon, among others, and leave a lasting impact on the industry as a whole. Margaret was a gracious, patient woman who ruled the roost in her own quiet way. When she wasn't keeping track of her kids and grandkids, she enjoyed a bourbon highball in the evenings, playing bridge with her girlfriends and making her famous nut cakes at Christmas time. So naturally, seems like another good fit for the Booker's line, continuing with this uh, this motif of family that they seem to have been playing on pretty highly over the past couple of years. I'm pretty excited uh, to check out Granny's Batch once it hits Kentucky here in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure. Uh, another big piece of release news uh, is not necessarily a new release, but new distribution, and that is for the Four Roses Small Batch Select, which is going to uh, expand into over a dozen states, uh, which is including Colorado, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missis- uh, Missouri, rather, New Jersey, North Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, Washington, and Wisconsin, uh, which expands from their original five states of California, Georgia, Kentucky, New York, and Texas. Uh, so if you are in one of those near markets, congratulations, you're going to get to try what uh, I called my best bourbon of 2019. Uh, I'm excited for more people in uh, in the States to check it out. And I think that it's going to be a, a pretty killer uh, addition to a, an, an already stellar lineup uh, across the, uh, across the, the board. Yeah, uh, I think we might have talked about this a little bit uh, already, but it seems like some more information has come out um, to uh, give give this a little bit more of a, of a boost in terms of uh, what this product's going to be. As a bourbon bottle just decides it's going to fall over in, uh, <laughs> in the studio, uh, the Bullet Blenders Select uh, is going to be the newest product from uh, the, the Bullet Bourbon company. Uh, It's going to be a minimum of nine years old. It's going to be a blend of three of their products, uh, and I believe that it is their traditional frontier whiskey, uh, their barrel strength, and then their tenure. So it's going to clock in uh, right in at 100 proof uh, and will retail for $50 a bottle. So this is something that I'm kind of interested in picking up. Um, looking forward to finding out what this product is going to be like. Uh, you know, it, it might be a little bit before it actually makes it to the market, but even still, I think it's something excited to, or something to get excited about rather. Um, so I think that, uh, that kind of is, is it? Oh, one more, one more thing. Um, it looks like the Bardstown Bourbon Company is going to be re- uh, releasing a brand new product for their collaboration series. Uh, and this time they're going to be partnering with the Goodwood Brewing Company, uh, which is out of Louisville, rather. I almost said Frankfurt, and it's out of Louisville. Um, and uh, it's a little bit of information on that. Uh, 
It is uh, a, a nine-year-old Tennessee straight bourbon whiskey that is aged in Goodwood Walnut Brown Ale casks for 18 months. It's quite a while um, for a for for a bourbon to be sitting uh, in a a beer barrel. Um, looks like it's going to be about the same in terms of price, around $125 a bottle, which is pretty standard for the Bardstown Bourbon Company products, uh, and it's going to clock in at 103.2. Proof. So again, looking forward to checking that product out. Um, always a fan of anything that uh, has come out from the Bardstown Bourbon Company. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing where, where that's going to take us. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it to this, uh, this kind of Patreon unlock, I would call it where you are going to get to hear uh, what the bonus content for Patreon is like. So again, towards the end, I'm going to hop back on here and uh, answer some Patreon questions, do tips and bits, and then we're going to wrap it on up. So I'll see you guys here in a bit. Hello, Patreon. Welcome to the February 2020 bonus episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. And funny enough... We're not going to be drinking bourbon this episode. We're going to be drinking gin. Yay. yay. <laughs> that is a true enthusiastic yay. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, Lucy is back again because yes, she, she was here for the pregame chats for episode 115. Welcome back, Lucy. Thank you. It's great to be here. And, <laughs> and my father-in-law, Brett, her dad, is here as well. Hello, Brett. It's a pleasure. It should be about my fourth <laughs> appearance, I think. I think so. It sounds about right. Sorry, I'm also working on making making sure everything sounds okay as I'm doing this. Uh, but I'm kind of excited for this because I've we've never tasted gin properly. Please excuse the dog in the background as well. That's unavoidable at this point. She is very big and needs a lot of attention. <laughs> but so Lucy looked up before we started this the proper way to taste gin. And both she and Brett are more, much more gym people than I am. Um, and I am kind of coming to this, I would say, with fresh eyes and ears and palate. Um, so I kind of want to do a little bit of like gin history, if you don't mind as well. Um, some of the different types of gin too. Uh, but I guess first, because when we do these Patreon episodes, we do kind of the standard uh, format. So... Brett, what have you been drinking recently? Well, I got to tell you, when it gets cold, I drink bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> only when it gets cold? Only, no, only when, it, yeah, only when it gets cold. Never drink it otherwise. Uh, no, we've, we have been enjoying a lot of bourbon right now. And, uh, but gin is always one of my go-tos, especially when we're uh, out for a nice evening. I like to have a, a nice gin martini to start things out. Um, but... Uh, Kind of specifically, just been been drinking some of the uh, six year old Heaven Hill, uh, enjoy, enjoying that as, as an everyday, and uh, I've been kind of starting to get back into absinthe a little bit. So uh, we'll That's talk right. about more of that here soon, hopefully. You guys just came back from uh, from France as well. Yeah, I went to Paris. Took my wife there, my wife Annie there for her birthday. World traveler. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Lucy, what about you? Cocktails and wine. Anything in particular for the listening audience? If you can have it, get a bee's knees. 
All the bar needs to have is honey syrup and gin and lemon juice. Okay. That's my favorite. Okay. So. <laughs> I've been drinking a bunch of different cocktails because it's my birth. Well, it was my birthday month. So I towards the it was end, your there. bread and butter. Well, no, bread and butter is my bread and butter. Yeah. I know. Um, hey, real quick. Uh, speaking of cocktails and and Lucy, uh, why don't you kind of go over that absolutely amazing one that you uh, came up with for the Christmas season? We enjoyed. I guess that is what I have been drinking a lot <laughs> of actually. Did same here. <laughs> Well, Perry's family wanted to do a Christmas cocktail for their Christmas celebration. Mm-hmm. And being a cocktail person, I took on the responsibility of creating it. So what I did was I made a juice of sorts with half cranberry juice, half apple cider, threw in some rosemary and some cinnamon sticks and let it cook along with a bunch of sugar because I had originally planned to make a syrup out of it. And it was too much liquid to sugar ratio, but that's fine. It worked out for the best. So with the cocktail, what was the measurements we came up with, Dad? Uh, I really we'll have to start talking about it. I'll tell okay. you, we, we reduced. I think it was an ounce each time, like with. Yeah, <laughs> if you were to do it on ice, right? It would. I think it's two ounces bourbon. Yep. And then filled to the top with the juice mixture. Yeah, that makes about a. Yeah, another. Maybe that was uh, almost equal. Yeah, it's pretty equal. And then if you're doing it up, I think it was still equal measurements. Yeah, and it is a delightful up cocktail. Yes, it is. It really is. It gets you in trouble because mm-hmm. hides the bourbon a little too well. <laughs> tell, but, them, tell them the, the beautiful part that helps hide the bourbon and just makes it smell so amazing. Well, the garnish, which was the original inspiration for the cocktail, because I knew I wanted to do this for a garnish. It was figuring out what to put you know, underneath the garnish. So... The garnish, you stick a rosemary sprig into a cranberry so you have something to hold on to. Then you get yourself a torch, and you torch the rosemary. So you get the aromatic rosemary burning, and it really highlights the flavor and masks the alcohol smell. (laughs) So you can just keep drinking them all night. (laughs) (laughs) It makes the room smell amazing. And uh, also, didn't we put a little orange... Oh, zest. yeah, a little zest of orange. Yeah. That, that came kind of later on in the development of the cocktail, too. Yes. That was just kind of a surprise, like, oh, we may as well add this. Well, I was thinking, in... you know, traditional Christmas flavors. You know, you've got mm-hmm. your cranberry, your clove, your orange. I don't want to put clove in it. Nope. But orange seemed like a no-brainer, so we yeah. zested an orange on top, and it that was another good aromatic choice. So, guys, it's still nice and nice and wintry out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you go kind of go over this uh, recording later and try to make you up one, see what you think. <laughs> let, let Perry know. And you know how to get a hold of Perry, I'm sure, since you're yeah. Patreon. No idea. They have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully they know by now. Right. I mean, if they're listening to this, hopefully they've caught on to how to get in contact with me. Yeah. But who's to say, man? Yeah. Who's to say? Yeah. Uh, Perry, what have you been drinking? So yeah. um, I'll talk about this a little bit more on the main episode coming up uh, next week. Uh, but Lucy and I went to a preview preview party, rather, um, the night before we recorded this, uh, for the newest distillery that's going to be opening in Lexington. Uh, it's going to be the first African-American owned and run uh, distillery in the state since before Prohibition, I think is what they said. Um, I can't remember. I can't either. We have the, like I said, we'll talk about it on the 
on the show next week. Um, but there's a dog still whining outside. <laughs> um, but it, it's really cool. They're uh, going to be distilling their own product here very soon. Uh, but in the meantime, they've been using uh, distillate from Hartfield & Company, um, which is really cool. It's another local brand. If you've uh, not heard of them before, they're out of Bourbon County, Kentucky. Um, oddly enough, the only distillery in mm-hmm. Bourbon Perfect. County, which is seems counterintuitive, but there you go. Uh, that's about it. We, we had a nice dinner last night at Zim's mm-hmm. Cafe, and uh, I had a glass of old Granddad 114 there. Oh, and then you had your, uh, your, um, what was the cocktail that you had? It was the, uh, hold on, Honeywood. And it was Woodford Reserve, Aperol, and... Grapefruit. Grapefruit. But there was something sweet in it, and I can't remember what it was. was it, it was not- really good. It was really good. And you were saying, it, so she ordered it without the Aperol. And not then- a huge Aperol or Campari person but the the guy but i can drink it the guy came back over and was like are you sure you want it without aperol it's like half the drink i <laughs> <laughs> love me some campari yeah and it i mean it turned out to not be super noticeable until the finish but mm. it was good i liked it a lot so shall we drink some gin yeah sweet so lucy has taken it upon herself um to pour for us as well so one of the things that she was saying with gin tasting is the best way to do it is to do equal parts of the gin and water. Well, I read that somewhere, but then I was, I read somewhere else not to do that. So we're not going to do that. Oh, okay. Well, let's just, we can it. do it as an experiment if you'd like, but I imagine it's just going to taste like watered down gin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so, uh, no, we can just, we can just drink it and eat. I mean, that's kind of how we do stuff anyway. It's a cork pop. (laughs) (laughs) That was a slow burn of a (laughs) cork pop. That kind of hurt. So we're starting out with Hendrix gin, which famously, Lucy has said, famously, quote unquote, is her favorite. Right. Okay. Thank you for. <laughs> yes, it is. Sorry. I'm focused. I'm pouring this gin. Yeah. Quite. I don't want to um, spill it. So. It, it's famously, I'd say mine as well. Yours as well. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if it was sorry. famous or not. I, I apologize. <laughs> so the other thing too is that apparently the best way to taste this is out of a Glencairn. And other than water, this is the first time that a clear liquid has been in uh, in a Glencairn in this house. As far as you know. I'm just kidding. Are you, do that. Are, you, are you tasting gin in my in my Glencairns? In Glencairns? Maybe. No, I'm not. This is... I, like, just naturally, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get the caramel and the oak flavors. Because no, you will not. So, in order for gin to be gin, it has to have juniper in it. That's really it. Is that... Well, there's got to be more to it in, as far as regulations, right? Not much. No? No, not much. Really? British are simple people. infused <laughs> vodka. It's just uh, yeah. you know, clear ethanol with uh, botanicals. Fresh botanicals. Fresh botanicals. Okay. Yeah, you can, you can make, uh, you know, sort of the equivalent of... Uh, you know, bathtub gin from the from the old 
you know, prohibition days by just taking essences and concentrates and mixing them up. But uh, to be true gin, it has to be fresh botanicals, properly infused. Yeah. And the difference in how it's infused is the different types of gin, which mm-hmm. you said you'll hit on. Did you say we're going to do history? I said I would like for somebody to talk about history. Oh, you don't have anything it, prepared? I don't know anything about gin. Well, I thought you, you had did. all the mapped out. Hey, look, man. We, we brought a book. We, we talked on. about I'll this. I'll look it up while we sample. Hey, let's let's Google that real quick. We <laughs> talked about doing this last <laughs> night. <laughs> so it's been a very quick turnaround. Well, I didn't even remember we were recording today <laughs> until like an hour ago <laughs> that I was reminded. I, also, I'm, I'm laughing a little bit watching Lucy. So she has the mini Glen Karen and seeing you swish it around so carefully, <laughs> too, is really fun. <laughs> I'm really enjoying that. I love the mini Glen Karen. Yeah. Well, also, you're supposed to swirl. It's kind of like tasting wine the way you do this. You swirl it because you want to get aeration. And then, is that the word? I don't know. Yeah, perfect. Okay, perfect. aeration. You gave me a face. I didn't know. No, I was just, it was a listening face. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I apologize. You've never given me the listening face before, I've so always, I don't know what you've been doing all these years. <laughs> I've always thought Perry had a face for radio. <laughs> it's a face for something. I'll say that much. Okay, well. All right. Also, when you taste it, you're supposed to do the <laughs> that sommeliers do. Gosh, that's going to be so great. <laughs> Great. 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 It, it should aerate yourselves. in your mouth. We'll, we'll, we'll pull away from the mics a little bit. And then the, you, you slosh it in your mouth like you would bourbon and let it coat your tongue. Mm-hmm. And then when you swallow, you wait to see what sticks. All right. Wait All right. to see what sticks. Like now, spaghetti on a wall. Yep. Real quick on, on the nose. Um, you know, of course, the uh, Hendrix, classic Hendrix is famous for the cucumber essence that you get mm-hmm. along with the, the juniper. And the rose. And the rose, exactly. So what, what I like to kind of think about when i'm you know smelling the gin even if it's a a nice you know just well type gin or if we're going up to a top shelf gin um it's similar to when i talk about absinthe you know a lot of absinthe just smell like good and plenty just licorice candy and it's just it's it's unappealing and and if you don't like licorice you're done before you even give it a try and that's where i am um but a good absinthe like uh, some you know some of the some of the best ones have you know that it's a alpine springtime mm-hmm. you know and 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 there's some a grassiness and it just yeah. it should just really really just like the botanicals here in a good in a in a good gin uh, they're more than just people complain about it's like drinking a pine tree yeah you know I don't ever smell pine tree I smell no. amazing just uh, you know wonderful yeah. You know, Botanical, so yeah. give it a try, Lushness. y'all. Yeah, lushness. There is the ethanol because it's a clear. Yeah, it's a, you get a lot of the uh, just alcohol aspect. Yeah, that's what's to me hard about tasting gin for what it is. <laughs> gin is not one of those alcohols I sip neat like a bourbon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want to. I want to say something real quick. We would be getting after this dog, but we can't because she's deaf. <laughs> it doesn't do a lot she of She just misses her dad so much. There's nothing we can do to get her to stop, so I apologize, but she's a very sweet dog. She's just loud. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know her loudness. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She doesn't. Oh, you so, are. So I, as I said, am not much of a gin drinker, but, and yeah, it when I drink it, I definitely don't drink it neat. But I had kind of the same 
reaction to it that I do with a really warm bourbon. It just tastes very full-bodied, even for a a clear spirit. And I I like it a lot. I'm not able to describe it in the way that I normally do bourbon, so I'm kind of limited to the like or dislike here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, if I'm, if I'm trying to, you know, kind of actualize some of what I'm experiencing, I mean, I, I really do find some of the, uh, like the woodsy notes to, to be really inviting. I mean, that, that kind of rose water quality is really prevalent too. Um, and you can definitely see how this would stand up well in a cocktail mm-hmm. for sure. And, you know, nobody drinks gin neat. If they do, good on you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Are there people who drink gin neat? I'm sure there are, but gin sure is to. created yeah. <laughs> to be a cocktail sure. alcohol. I mean, that's what yeah. its purpose is. But I like this neat. I'm glad you quite a, Quite a bit, actually. We can start doing Hendrix on the Rocks. I just, I just might. Just <laughs> <laughs> Hendrix on the Rocks with a splash of water? Yep. There you go. <laughs> Uh, once uh, something unique about gin uh, that I don't know if you've really thought about, but uh, gin is part of the basic, you know, the basic alcohols. You've got you know whiskey, in lies, you know your bourbon and even brandy, you know, but uh, whiskey, vodka, rum, gin, mm-hmm. tequila. Mm-hmm. Gin's really the only base alcohol that comes with additives and. Uh, to, to the to the distilled itself it's it has to be infused therefore it's just vodka and it's it's like I think the distinction is purposeful additives mm-hmm. because yeah. I mean like bourbon I mean if you if you kind of talk about it in its general state the additives come from the barrel I mean you can't mm-hmm. have anything else added right, right. to it or else it's not bourbon but um, at the same time I mean there is something that's being imparted to that white dog. Mm-hmm. that, that yep, clear yep. liquor um, from the barrel. But yeah, there is a very intentional, <laughs> there's a very intentional addition of flavors uh, with gin. Yes, infusion. Right. So, Brett, do you, what, what do you know about the history of, of gin? What can you tell me about the history of gin, if anything? Um, I know a little bit. This, uh, many years ago, probably uh, it would be 1700s, in uh, Europe, especially uh, uh, like uh, England, Scots Irish area, it was like the rum of America when we came here. Okay, uh, when we started uh, pioneering this place, uh, coming on on the shores in Virginia, rum ran America. We ran on rum. That was that was it, and uh, it was very similar to that in in England and. Uh, few years before that but it was uh so detrimental eventually because <laughs> it was about all anybody drank was gin really yeah and uh there are many many uh drawings and paintings of uh calamity in the streets and you know regular sodom and gomorrah in london because <laughs> and they're blaming it all on gin so uh, gin did have a little bit of a shady background only because everyone drank it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess part of that's what led to prohibition in some yeah. ways in the in the United States as well. But um, it's 
funny that you talk about, you know, what was and wasn't allowed in terms of alcohol. It, as soon as you were talking about that, immediately I started thinking about, um, we'll fix this in post production. <laughs> Give me some hints. The, the, the French drink that absinthe. We, absinthe. Thank you. I knew it could be absinthe. You wouldn't be forgetting oh, my wait. precious green fairy. I love absinthe. Don't get me wrong. It's just, I, I just, for whatever reason, the word was escaping me. <laughs> By the way, I want to say something. You ever watch somebody drink through a clear vessel? Their teeth sure. look... They all, everybody oh, yeah. does this. I mean, it's across the board. People make weird faces <laughs> when, they, when they drink. I've been very conscious of it recently. <laughs> Don't know why. Anyway, so do we want to try this next one? Yeah. Uh, we should, wherever it may be. Here it is. And it's a perfect, perfect segue. Uh, Perry just mentioned absinthe and how it became very vilified and deleterious um this is another hendrix product yes and this was uh gifted to me i believe by my lovely daughter lucy and i might have her read the label it is quite delightful to read and it is absinthe inspired that's a very small pour lucy i think you need more to I get the finish the last one so it doesn't feel like <laughs> I, finished, there's a... <laughs> I finished her last tasting by the way it doesn't feel like there's a ton left in here oh, so she I gave me a wanna... peri pour <laughs> So could you read that label for us? Also, what is this? This is the Hendrix Orbium. Orbium. It is a reimagining of Hendrix by our master distiller, Leslie Gracie. Sorry, I can't. The lighting's terrible in here. Instilled with natural flavors, including lotus blossom and the addition of quinine, wormwood, and wormwood. The result is oddly exquisite. It is what Hendrix might taste like in a parallel universe. It is most <laughs> certainly not for everyone. So, it Let has me see a that Oddly exquisite. <laughs> That's... And it's got an amazing label. It uh, looks very old school. And uh, it's a limited release, so I hope you can get it again. But it does, in fact, have wormwood. The, the, the dangerous wormwood that's <laughs> made uh, absent so... Deleterious. So uh, apparently, too, and I guess this is kind of consistent with bourbon tastings as well. Uh, one of the best ways to reset your nose is to sniff some coffee beans in between. And uh, we just did that. On the nose, it's a lot more citrusy than normal Hendrix. Did you notice the, uh, the ethanol is virtually uh-huh. unable to detect? Yeah, it's yeah. a lot less noticeable. Because just when you start to get that hint of the alcohol smell, it's overtaken by the quinine and the, yeah, the, the wormwood and, and the other flavors. Now, wormwood is like the second most bitter natural substance known to man. It's in the Bible seven times. Uh, it's always associated with evil, uh, but it's also used to cure stomach ailments and that sort of thing. So it is a uh, an alchemist tool for... Just the dawn of human enlightenment. I wonder how this would counter, or how it would act in a cocktail with absinthe. Thought about it already. I think we're going to explore that maybe for our absinthe show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the absinthe episode. 
Yeah, would that, be we're gonna video that one that will be available on youtube hopefully That's, i don't know if i'd be able to figure out how to work a camera after oh an absinthe well i could film it <laughs> yeah we'll have to have a non- i don't like absinthe so i probably won't participate fair but i can film it but i think it needs to be very artistic and like you hear the water droplets and you oh, hear yes, the you flame must. from the candles around it's like an asmr video yeah. kind of <laughs> and what's but the, i just think it needs more ambiance than your usual yeah, once episode. the green fairy starts uh Letting out what's inside you, well, it it, it can get a little wild. <laughs> okay, well, that's that's what she's good for. She, all the things you try to hide from everyone else, uh, she she knows how to get out. Well, cheers to the Orbium. Yeah, so here's to the Orbium. You definitely get the bitterness of the wormwood on the back end of it. It's actually very bitter. Oh, I love it. It's quite citrusy. Very. And you Ooh, also get oh, a little wow. red berry. It is intensely medicinal. Yes. I would say that's a good way to describe it. <laughs> but in a sexy old school way, I really yeah. like it. Gotta say, I, I, don't, don't, like this, I don't like this one as much as I did the, the previous one. This one's easier to drink by itself, though. I disagree. It has, to me, it's got more flavor and it disguises the ethanol a lot better. You know, you could maybe do something with this. You're maybe not drinking it straight neat. <laughs> uh, but we've used it in a, in a few cocktails, you know, very specific ones, and it is pretty amazing. But uh, it is a gin drinker's gin. Yes. This I is would not say a that. beginner's gin. And we have the Hello. ultimate. <laughs> We're going to finish Hello. the show with the ultimate non-beginner's gin. <laughs> oh, boy. See, I think I disagree because if, well, I don't know. We'll get to that later. But on this, that bitterness to me is almost like an Aperol or a Campari bitterness where it's that very herbal bitterness that you don't really get anywhere else. I guess. Like with Aperol and, and- Aperol and uh, Campari, it always seems to be sort of grapefruity, yeah. uh, whereas this is more grassy, bitter. So. Yeah. But anyway, it's just there for you if you want to, if you're lucky enough to have them uh, re-release it. Or it's you can get it secondary market, I'm sure. Yeah, it's definitely worth uh, adding to your collection if you're a gin enthusiast. But why did my brain just now think, oh, there could definitely be a secondary market for gin? I'm sure there no. is. I'm sure there is too, but like... It probably out. It probably predates the bourbon secondary market oh, yeah. by about three hundred years. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's when they were still calling it the Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> three hundred years ago. Yes, three hundred <laughs> years ago. I I stand by my statement. <laughs> I don't know how this episode is going to end on my on my part because do you remember the first time that I had gin, Lucy? Okay, we were young and dumb. Like most people are when they start drinking gin. And why most people stop drinking gin. Yes. But we mixed it with Sprite. And Perry, by the end of the night, was flopping his arms and going, I'm a bird. (laughs) We have lost so many potential gin enthusiasts (laughs) to one bad teenage night. One bad night. I've heard that story so many times. That's everybody's (laughs) excuse. It's either tastes like a Christmas tree or one night in college. Yeah. It's like, I promise if you'd have drank anything else to that excess, you would have been just as sick. 
Exactly. Just because it tastes a little different coming back up, <laughs> you can't drink it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I did get sick on vodka one time, and I didn't want to drink it. But yeah. I've come around. But now the Orbium is full of bot- botanical, medicinal uh, herbs that will cure your stomach ailments and make yeah. you feel like a million bucks in the morning. So. There are actually a lot of ingredients in gin that are very good for you that yep. could... Keep you alive forever, you know? Well, that's why the gin and tonic was used for medicinal purposes as well. Yeah, by the British armies stationed in India. By the East Indian Company or whatever. Trading Company? Yeah. East India Trading Company? Yeah. If I find myself participating in too many gin and tonics and someone questions my, uh, you know, fortitude or moral (laughs) standard, I say I am purposely... Defending myself against malaria. Mm-hmm. The rest of you are on your own. And then if you put malaria. some lime in there, you're not going to get scurvy. There you go. Skirt, and I always have lime in there. So, yes, uh, scurvy. Unless it's a Hendrickson tonic, then you'd have a cucumber. Ooh. Ah, you saw oh, springtime. It's, <laughs> I know. I hate wait. that it's cold. I cannot wait. But it's a very British day out today here yes, in Kentucky. It it's said, been drizzly and cold. Sort of cold, but not so cold. It chills you to the bone. I said that before we started recording that it was the perfect gin drinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it really it feels is. like we're in we're in jolly old England. Yeah. Yes, sorry, but old. it's said that the Dutch invented gin. There's ah. a there are two stories. Do enlighten me. So the Dutch have a drink called gin. What is it, Dad? Jennifer. J i n v e r e, something like that. I'll have to look it up. But Jennifer. <laughs> and it's much more bitter and hard to drink, but it's said that the British truly invented it the way we drink it now. Uh. But also, speaking of it being the perfect day for gin, half of the cases of gin sold go to the Philippines. So really, it should be a warm, wow. pretty right. day. Well, uh, that's when my gin sling is so yeah. uh, so popular. So many I've had so many people text me or call me from a bar. So could you please teach my bartender how to make your gin sling? It's the, <laughs> it's the greatest uh, summer drink in the world, and it's gin, and uh, and it's a lot of fun. So it uh, it's sort of uh, a culmination of all the classic uh, gin cocktails, you know, like a gin Ricky, and all the ones that are like one or two parts. It just kind of mm-hmm. puts them all together. You've got. Uh, Simple sugar in there, some uh, orange liqueur, a mm. little bit of uh, like a, a hopefully a fresh type simple uh, uh, or not simple, a fresh obviously fresh simple, but uh, like a little bit of lime juice, a little bit of sweet and sour, all that best made yeah. fresh. And oh, I'm with that gin, oh my goodness, people! You'd be surprised how few places know how to make a gin sling. I really yeah. many gin cocktails that are not a gin and tonic or. A sidecar, you know. And it's super easy to make. You know, you just have your standard, like, one and a half ounce pour of gin. Mm-hmm. And just kind of start subbing it down, you know. Like, a, I mean, about half of that with the orange liqueur. About half of that with the sweet and sour. About half of that with the lime juice. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, your little dash of, uh, of a simple. Shake that up in a shaker. My goodness gracious. Garnish it with an umbrella if you feel like it. <laughs> a nice fruity garnish. Yeah. Weren't you saying the other day that you're not supposed to shake gin? Or you are no, supposed to shake gin? You do not shake gin. Yeah. All right. But this is a summer uh, cocktail. Just making it as cold as possible. Mm-hmm. Don't shake the crap out of it. But uh, 
Uh, oh, no. Oh, the whole oh, thing. Oh, no. <laughs> I shook the crap out of it. Um, Sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's like some of the bourbon cocktails. Traditionally, I, I like to only stir bourbon, but there are a few like the... Uh, the obviously world by this point world famous Lincoln Avenue cocktail that you shake because it's sort of a, a summer bourbon cocktail for great you know polo game side and that sort yeah. of thing and it, um, but uh, no gin is a, a stirred stirred martini for sure and that's that's why uh, James Bond made made the effort to make sure you shook his vodka martini well Since, fun fact yeah. martinis can only be gin if it's that's got right. vodka it's a kangaroo exactly. Another fun fact for you. Well, good day, I mate. did my research before <laughs> yeah. this episode. Yeah. Good day, mate. I crammed the last 30 minutes before we started recording, learning about fun facts about gin. I, I now want to trick somebody into mm-hmm. uh, making a bourbon and Coke, but telling them it needs to be shaken. <laughs> <laughs> Not stirred. Just, just see it explode. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Elaton bourbon shaken <laughs> right on that Mr. Bond. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Just a distraction so I can get away. And I've James broken. Bond escapes the casino. <laughs> well, Create tell, a diversion. You got it. As you can tell, the gin is already working. That was the day that Q quit. <laughs> yeah. He realized that James was fine yeah. on his own. <laughs> Um, a little quick note uh, while uh, Perry picks our next gin. Yes, which will um, be the Castle and Key gin. Oh, excellent. This uh, this gets back to the James Bond real quick. Um, uh, Del DeGroff wrote a nice cocktail cocktail book. Of course, you might know him as King Cocktail. He's one of the most famous mixologists in America. And uh, he was talking about how that all happened early in the book. And uh, Smirnoff was bought by a, uh, f- uh, sold from a Russian company, I think, to the British. And... Uh, it was one of the first just blatant advertising uh, in movies. Uh, mm. And so apparently, I haven't seen the actual original first time he orders his famous uh, martini, but he specifies a Smirnoff cocktail, a Smirnoff martini. And that's why he said shaken, not stirred, because really, until they started hammering us with vodka as the martini uh, base liquor, a martini was always gin, and you always stirred it. But boy, I tell you what, you want your you want your vodka martini shaken to the end of its life because you're pretty much just drinking ice cold vodka. Yeah. <laughs> so mm. especially if you skip the vermouth. Mm. Ugh. So that's where the shaken not stirred came from. That's why there's a, a difference because a, it's a gin martini. So we've now moved on to the Castling Key gin, mm-hmm. which I've long said and most people say is kind of the bourbon drinkers gin. And part of that, I'm pretty it has, sure I was the first person that said that to you. So, so it's there. So, you go. Fine, whatever. Sorry. It, you have to you have to give her a footnote if you mention that in any of your publications. In my in my bibliography, yes. Yes. absolutely. Yeah, um, but part of that comes from the fact that this is made from their rye whiskey mash bill. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's a, I can't remember. It's on the bottle. Your dog's outside now. I think. All the dogs are outside now. I thought I just heard one of them shaking their collar outside the door. No. Doesn't matter. How do you make a gin from a rye mash? Well, I mean, all it takes is clear alcohol and infusions. Yeah, they must, uh, I guess they really uh, hyper distill it. Do they use a column distillation on this or obviously not pot still? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure that all of Castling Key's 
products or, or columns still. Yeah. It's like, I see what you, what you got here. Yeah, yeah. But this was from my, before Marianne left. Mm-hmm. So this was actually crafted by her, signed mm-hmm. the bottle for us as well. It's very interesting. I can't place the extra you know, nose that I'm getting here. I'm getting a honeysuckle. See, I'm getting a lot of citrus. At first, I got a lot of juniper. There's just something familiar about it that's not gin. It's a familiar Kentucky smell for some reason. Corn. So it's got to be the corn. I'm, I'm loving it. Because ta- to me, it tastes like moonshine that you made bathtub gin. You know, you just threw some stuff in your clear this, corn whiskey. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Have you not had this yet? You've yep. had this. I might have, but I'm, I'm promised not straight. <laughs> yeah, well, no. room temperature. Mm. It's so perfumey. I feel like when you, I spray myself with perfume and I accidentally breathe in through my mouth. I get that more towards the finish. Yeah. But the front end of the palate mm-hmm. definitely tastes like, uh, like a white dog. Yeah, it's got a hotter, hotter feel to it. I don't know what the oh, proof yeah. is. Well, it's a hundred. Yeah, gin is commonly eighty. Yeah, I mean, it feels like you're drinking a bourbon with the heat going down. Mm-hmm. Like I get the bourbon heartburn drinking this. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> the bourbon heartburn. I like this one a lot. This has been Lucy does not. Lucy's I'm making sorry. This... I really don't like this gin. Yeah. As a, a I want to love it because it's local and yeah. I want to support Castle and Key. Their vodka's great. I don't even like vodka, but it's because it tastes like moonshine. That's why I like it. Yeah. But this, oh my gosh, it is so floral and an assault on your palate. It's something. It is an assault on your palate. I like it. <laughs> Because it doesn't taste like it doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't in particular. It's not a gin drinker's gin no. at all. Uh, and it's a nice attempt. Uh, I probably would never buy it. I don't mm-hmm. want to shoot them down or anything. But uh, there ah. may be. Well, you got a bunch of bourbon drinkers listening to this, so yeah. <laughs> I'd buy it. So I mean, <laughs> but you know, I'd buy it. <laughs> I guess I, I'll say if you've not tried it and you're not just a hardcore gin drinker, but you're you love to explore and, and maybe look at some different profiles, you know, pick it up, but, um, it is not your basic gin. Mm-mm. And I'm, I'm, I am like Lucy, I'm left with things in my palate here that I'm ready to get rid of. And yes. it's been over a minute since I drank it. Well, unfortunately we are moving on to another Castle and Key gin. I'm excited for this though. I this is too. probably going to taste more like a traditional gin. This is their, uh, autumn 2019 release. I thought it was a uh, winter. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I remember specifically it saying okay. autumn on the on the bottle. Oh, we forgot something. It's tea. It tastes like Earl Grey tea. That's exactly what it is. After drinking the water from there, it was like a little bit of tea, which I love. And I love herbal teas, but I don't know. It's just too much. There's too much uh, sugar it with actually, the tea. What, it what's interesting... Sweet. It's interesting that you say sugar because it does have a very like, like coarse sugar mouthfeel to it. Yeah, I mean it, it does really kind of give that like sandpapery feel on your on your tongue. Mm-hmm. I think it might be good in a cocktail because it's very flavor forward. So it would, and I've had Castle and Key gin cocktails before, so 
I would experiment with it in cocktails, but to drink by itself, I would recommend it. <laughs> now, we're certain that this is the autumn gin, right? Not entirely, no, because everything's scratched out. <laughs> it smells like it's gin-like. It doesn't smell like it's a white dog, which most things in these tiny bottles in our house, it's bourbon or white dog, so... If it I can't smell think like of, that. I can't imagine what it could possibly be. I can't be. think of one mini bottle that's a white dog bottle. There's one downstairs. Is there on the bar cart? Yeah, because I almost grabbed it. <laughs> Somebody help me with this this commanding fragrance here. Chamomile. Oh. <laughs> yeah, there is something so familiar, and I can't put my <laughs> finger on it. But it's not something you drink. Potpourri. No, it's um, clove. Oh yeah, it definitely is clove. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a legit uh, botanical. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I think clove is one of the infused herbs that I they think use it is for too. this. I think it's clove and citrus is what I'm getting. Orange specifically. If only there were a way for us to look it up. So a neat uh, little side note about the juniper berry, which is so important yeah, to gin. Yeah. Um, Perry and Lucy. Got married at Barry Mansion, and it, uh, it's famous for it Juniper Hill mm-hmm. that, that it's on, and it's uh, famous for its uh, its pines and beautiful view of the uh, capital of Kentucky uh, yeah. in Frankfurt. Beautiful, beautiful place, but uh, rich history. Uh, the owner was a, a distiller, and it, during the time around uh, Prohibition, sort of a... Uh, a, a neat great Gatsby type fellow mm-hmm. they, he and his wife uh, could never have children so they built a, a giant entertainment wing on the mansion and the whole the whole society there in Frankfurt and Kentucky became their children mm-hmm. and uh, Barry uh, I don't know if you probably remember that he came from Old Crow I do remember that yeah yeah. I so I just looked up the botanicals that they use in this one <coughs> excuse me uh, Juniper Coriander, or um, cilantro. Angelica root? No idea what that is. I use that in my absinthe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, licorice root, white sage, ginger root. It is sagey. That's, I think, some sage? of it. Yeah. Uh, pink peppercorn. And the ginger. I can smell the ginger. Uh, clove. Mm-hmm. And cassia bark. Hmm. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. C-A-S-S-I-A. I well, so. I think Cassia. it's... Uh, I also use coriander when I make my absinthe, and I think that's what I'm smelling the most of, some coriander. I kind of thought that at first, but I really do smell the sage and the clove. And what was the other thing I agreed with? Ginger. Ginger. Yeah. All right. Well, so this I really is... get the ginger. It kind of smells like ginger beer. A lot of props then. So far, just on the nose, it's, yeah, it's nose quite an, uh, an exploration. So that's kind of what you might go for as a, a distiller. It's quite different from the, the regular one. Very. Too. I mean, you know, I, all of that has to do with the fact that they way changed up their botanicals for, for this one. But um, it, it's nice that they did something so different yep. for, for a special release. I will say if you are one of those people who absolutely, you know, can't stand that sort of a pine bark, pine, pine cone or a taste of uh, gin or smell, you will not get that here. This is the most interesting gin I've ever had in my life. Not in a bad way. Why do I taste lavender? I don't get that. There's another flavor and I'm trying to figure it out. 
whoa, that clove hits you on the back of the palate. Mm-hmm. Woo! It's the sage. Woo. The sage is very... Uh-huh. That's what's lasting on my tongue is the sage. I'm definitely picking up the peppercorn as well. Oh, the peppercorn at first, for sure. Wow! This is wild. It's kind of a dank gin. It's dank. It is dank. dank. That's the other flavor. <laughs> it is dank. <laughs> it's that sage. The sage yep. is... So when we were we were visiting Captiva for our family vacation, and we have a family friend that lives in Fort Myers, and he's an amazing bartender. Yes. Dank. Shout out I'm to sorry. Greg Baldea. Yes. I'm sorry. But he's <laughs> one of the best. He makes the best cocktails ever. We can all agree on that. Yep. Look him up on Facebook. He commonly puts some really beautiful pictures. And one of the great things about being there in Fort Myers is his cocktails can be as beautiful as they taste. He likes the tiki movement, which I'm very for coming back. Yes, absolutely. But he made this cocktail for me because I like an herbal cocktail. Mm -hmm. I love a good herbal cocktail. But they call his five questions? Yeah. The five question cocktail. He has five questions and then makes you a cocktail. So I said that I liked herbal flavors in my cocktails, which is funny that I don't like vermouth or Campari, but I do like (laughs) more of the tea and rose and the lavender flavors in there. But he made me this drink with sage. So I'm drinking it. I'm like, what is this flavor? I know it's sage, but what is that? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's expensive, high quality marijuana is what it tastes like. <laughs> Nothing my daughter would know what that smells Not like. that oh, I would know. Hey, it's, it's Patreon, so. <laughs> I was in Colorado, so it was legal. <laughs> But that's what it tasted like. Mm. So that's, I think, what we're getting from that sage. Yep. I'm still getting it. It's one of those that's oh, sticking lingering. around for a hot minute. Remind me to tell you a Colorado weed story after uh-huh. we get done recording. <laughs> that's for the after after listeners, the special uh, This is my podcast, After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Just, oh my gosh, you need to create a tier that gets that. Just, you oh know, man. ping him over some Bitcoin and you can join <laughs> right, right along. If you pay him Bitcoin, then you get... This is my bourbon podcast. Colorado edition. (laughs) Colorado marijuana edition. No, I think what it would be, it would be, you find just seedy people that are in the business and all the, the voice of the other person is like what you hear on Dateline when they don't want to (laughs) be, when you're trying to hide it. Well, I saw the guy get exactly. hit by the car, and uh, you know, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to leave him there, but I was also too scared, so I, I, I ran, man. Yeah, we put it on video, but it would just be our faces blurred out yeah. in the shadow, it'd it'd fake, be a black fake figure. beard on, and some sunglasses. And once, once marijuana becomes legal in Kentucky, we'll do a Patreon bonus oh. episode. <laughs> Oh my After I oh. retire from Toyota, yeah, uh, we'll go out in the shed in the back and, <laughs> <laughs> and hot box. Oh, oh my god, it is a hot box. This shed is something like a, a torture chamber, you know, from on the saw. You know, <laughs> yes. Anyway, I really like this. I, but, I do too. Okay. Yeah. You do? I do. Okay. Because it's now, very interesting. I like how different it is. So, Lucy, this as a cocktail enthusiast, I believe this is. A gin for a very imaginative mm-hmm. cocktail. Yes. We're not talking, you know, the gin sling. You uh, know, we're talking no. a very imaginative one where you can really explore ways to bring out the flavors in, in here that you liked mm-hmm. and let the others just sort of support, you know, like a, yeah. a cast of characters. I, I would love to see you do that. I'll help you. 
Do they have um, suggested cocktail recipes with that? Uh, they do. Let me go back to them, though. Because I'm Sorry. sure they've explored this. Yep. So what's what I like about these suggestion type things is to sort of like you know, oh. look through uh, like what other people are doing and just mm-hmm. make note of the the returning characters you know that you see and then mm-hmm. just then build your own from those. So those are the yeah. ones that are rising to the top yeah. and uh, and are actually working and then you can sort of explore them yourselves. I they actually do not have them for their regular or for the autumn gin, but they do for the regular gin. Okay, well we'll just have to do it for them. Guess they will. We know a guy. R and D that works there that we can <laughs> give him the cocktail recipe if he wants it. James, are you a patron? I think you might be. <laughs> Part of me hopes that he's not because I just hate it uh, on Castle and Keys well, gin. It'll give him something okay. to work on. I know, it'll I know. give him something to work because they can't really stick with that recipe because that's not going to work. They're just going to lose business with it. I don't know. They have a lot of, they have a good local business and a, the bourbon people that, you know, want to support Castle and Key while they wait for the bourbon to age. Yeah. Well, the rye but, is coming out this year. Yeah. Well, then uh, they might see a sink in. Well, they could just explore, you know, a variety of gins. Yeah, special keep, keep, keep that one, keep yeah. that one, but they do just like uh, what we saw uh, Hendrix do. Yeah. Um, I think I bought the Midsummer, mm-hmm. and that you was did. an Because I really wanted to try it, and near, oh, ended it up getting gone. it. gone. It is gone, people. It, it did so not good. last. So. Well, it was more of a floral heavy, mm-hmm. so yep. I was really excited about it. Yeah. And so I was happy that you got it. It was really good, because it had lavender and a heavier rose profile. Yep. So uh, that's Hendrix Midsummer for you uh, people who are keeping notes. Are you giving that to me to finish? to finish it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, while we wait well, for you to finish it, I have a, it. a fun fact about juniper berries. Love it. Let's hear it. You They're sounded not, very... Uh, you came a lot more prepared than yeah. I did for this, which I love. I thought you had the history all. I you, thought you were going to cover no, most of this. No, but you're, no. you're nailing the NPR <laughs> sweaty balls. Well, thank uh, you. This is my radio voice. I like it. So juniper berries are not actually berries. They are seeds or pine cones. And the little bits that are pine coney are very fleshy. So it makes it look like a berry. And I think that was dad handing me the coffee. I thought thought it was you exhaling that last (laughs) gin you just did. I don't know what just happened. Here, let me actually take that again. Sorry. I'm pretty sure the the devil's looking over our shoulders as we are uh, drinking a little bit too much gin. So that's the, it's not actually a berry and juniper is not like they don't farm it. You know, it's found in the wild. I guess it's plentiful enough where they make gin that they don't have to farm it. So there was a scare because there was this fungus disease thing going around England and killing all the juniper because it's a very fragile plant. So very good. there are your juniper fun facts. <laughs> Never would have known. <laughs> <laughs> wow, people. Please tell me we're not to Uncle Val's already. We are. We this are... is the final gin. All right. We have a story here. Here we go. Yeah, I need some preparation for this one, I feel like. Yes, you do. All right. <laughs> so uh, a good friend of mine, Josh Butcher, who's a, a musician, and you might uh, pick him up uh, with the rain of hands around this area. He's been on the show before. Yeah, he's been on the show. Absolutely. He was also on the, the lost episode. He was on a lost episode <laughs> a le- and two legit episodes. So he is a returning uh, <laughs> bourbon podcaster. Oh, so the lost if, uh, episode. Was he on two? Yeah, we did the one at the... Uh, oh, that's right, Indiana. at the Burley, Burley the Market. The Burley Market and Cafe. That is very correct. 
Sorry, um, Brett. Continue. Yeah. So, uh, so, so Josh and I, he, he had been uh, in Montana for a while. He took about seven years off to Cowboy out there. And there was a Cowboy bar called Stacy's that he hung out at. And uh, it was a true Cowboy bar. I mean, it was, it's been there since, you know, since the Cowboys. And uh, but he could ride his horse there from where he lived and tied up and 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 drink and things and uh, so he asked me to ask me to kind of tell him how to make a uh, uh, a proper uh, you know mint julep and he was going to host host the the mint julep bar there during the Kentucky Derby and uh, another time he discovered the gin and tonic this the man has drank nothing but beer and bourbon his whole life. <laughs> Discovered the gin and tonic. We're talking well gin and cheap tonic. And after about 13 or 14 of them, he realized, <laughs> well, you can't drink 13 or 14 of them. But uh, no. he's one of those people, luckily, unlike some of some people out there, that after that bad first gin experience, he continued to embrace gin. And, and uh, it's one of our favorite things to do if he happens to be by in the afternoon after work is gin and tonic. So we were at... Uh, uh, a liquor barn run, a little shameless plug for liquor barn. And man, we were going to spend some money. We we're going to put our paychecks together. We we're going to buy the best gin they had. And we were going to shop and we shopped and we looked and we read all the tags. And as you used to see uh, on all you bourbon guys, the, the rating tags hanging off, you know, 93 rating, 89, 94, you know. So we saw this like 96 rating. Uncle Val's botanical gin. I go, man. Oh, this is it. Let's let's cool bottle, pretty uh, label. It's a beautiful bottle. It's amazing, amazing bottle. It's it's uh, badge number three mixology. It's it's a badge three beverage, whatever that means. And it's it it goes the whole thing, you know, uh, about him growing this stuff. I'm like, this is it. We found the ultimate gin. So we just we just purchased it. We marched our happy little asses home. We're just wringing <laughs> our hands and getting the best glasses we had. Out. We were so excited. Dear God, <laughs> that was like five years ago. <laughs> this bottle is still here. And no bottle at Father's Bar lasts Nothing. that long. Nothing. It will not ever run out because we literally it's a gift that keeps on giving people no no. (laughs) it is so intense that we have a medicine dropper all right the classic glass medicine dropper bottle full of uncle vows straight out of the bottle that will turn any cheap gin into the most amazing botanical gin you've ever had with two drops two drops of glass and i can turn your cocktail into an amazing cocktail but i disagree Hi, I'm just saying. Maybe one drop for Lucy, but we're about or just to drink. Give me a good gin. But we're about to. This is a, apparently a gin drinker's That's gin. That's not that one. But we're going to try this straight, people. Here's I'm, the difference in how young people shop and older people shop. And by young people, I mean millennials and younger. And by older people, I mean not millennials and older. What do you mean by that? We created I, you, millennials. Yes. And you created us by your bad decisions to make better decisions. We are to blame. To blame? We're making this world better. (laughs) Anyways, besides the point. I'm just here to so I don't get I was just saying millennials (laughs) as just a cutoff. So if I'm going to spend my paycheck on a gin, I'm going to do my research online. (sighs) Okay. And the online research would not lead you to buy that gin. 
It would lead you to Monkeys or another really good gym, which I really want to try Monkeys so badly. We weren't on the line that day. I know that. That's why you bought that. (laughs) But I I will say the last time I was uh, looking at some absinthe, I did get on the line while I was at the liquor store. So uh, I I guess I'm... Did you make a better decision? I'm catching up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I just say, before we even get to it, I'm a little terrified. (laughs) You you should be because... Well, but you liked Castle and Keijin, and it's an assault on the senses. Oh. Well, then this is an artillery barrage. (laughs) This is a a tank of a gin. (laughs) No, but smell it, though. It does not even hit the senses like, like the last two did. No, it smells like perfume. Like a perfume I would wear. All right. You're about to drink your perfume. All right, so I don't know how much is actually in that bottle still, because this is the last of it, so we will do very tiny little gingerly. I feel like I need to cleanse my palate with bourbon at the end of this. Uh, (laughs) We need to cleanse your soul. (laughs) You don't have to finish it, because I'll put the rest in the medicine dropper, but give us all an ample... Ample taste there. I, Brett, look, I'm going to pull something out special so we can... <laughs> There's still a little bit in there. Uh, so right. we can make this worthwhile. <laughs> Not just for us, but for our, our patrons as well. <laughs> well, we love, we love to make it worthwhile. Because yes. you've stuck with us this long, us meandering about. Oh, it smells quite nice. It, it is does. actually it smells like lemon refreshing. lime soda. <laughs> I tell yeah, you I what, get rose. it smells really good. I was a, very lucky. A friend of mine, who I won't mention her name because... She's a lawyer, and she illegally brought in some uh, bison grass vodka from uh, from overseas, and it's illegal in America still because it's a co- anticoagulant. Um, but it even has the bison grass in the bottle, and when you open that for the first time and put your nose in it, it actually has less smell than the room around you. It absolutely it's it's the most Weird. perfect absence. Of anything, it's amazing. Huh. What is bison grass? It's literally a, a grass that the bison loves to uh, over in uh, the Czech Republic area. They, that's where it came from. Creative name. Yeah. <laughs> it smells so, like gardenia. So you stick your nose in here, and it, it just smells clean and floral and floral and light. Pretty. It smells pretty. It smells like I'm running through a lush meadow. I feel like I'm in a flower garden. I don't know. I've, I've fallen asleep in a nursery. <laughs> <laughs> Being awoken by a rude gardener. I'm getting a lot of citrus on it. Yeah, there's I citrus. Mean, but, so much citrus. But not a lot of that pininess that people complain about. Grapefruit. Mm. Grapefruit and gardenia. That's what I'm getting. I'm, this, definitely right. the scent of grapefruit. Not the. Right, so I don't the, know about the taste yet. But. But we're going to go for this. <sighs> Lord be with me. I think it's less of an assault on my taste buds than Castle and Key. But it's got a weird flavor. Ooh, I know why I don't like it. Coriander. It's heavy coriander. I don't like coriander. All I taste is coriander. I don't like the... the and pepper. <clears throat> I don't like the palate up front. Uh, it's a little too bitter for me, but as it kind of eases into the finish i really like it because that's when it starts getting like orange creamsicle yeah mm. orange creamsicle mm-hmm. well i find the the front 
an attack. <laughs> yes. Middle, disappointing. In the end, pleasing. No, even worse. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, no. no. Um, it just doesn't taste like gin. It's like the Castle and Key. It's it's got a lot of things going on, and you can find some pleasant parts in it for sure. Also. Hi, James. Hi, James. <laughs> you are a $5 patron. Oh, I'm gosh. so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Right. You know, not everybody can like what you do. Yeah. I know. And, a but, lot of people like what you do. And that's but again, exactly. we're talking very specifically, you know, we, we probably shouldn't say that about them because we're talking about very engineered master distiller type gins. Yeah. All right. You know, so they are going to try to do some things that might be a challenge to your palate. So let's just think of this and, and, and like the other is a challenge. And my God, it, life would be challenge. pretty boring if it all tasted like Barton's bottom shelf sure. gin. Sure. So. I mean, that's, you know, why I love having so many different bourbons too, yeah. because if it all tasted like Jim Beam White Label, it would be a sad state of affairs. Yep. But I, I, I understand. I heard that. Um, <laughs> most of the Patreon episodes don't get edited. So oh, there's a no. good chance that, nah, I'll, I'll okay. lower it down so nobody Thank hears you. that. Um, <laughs> It came from my stomach. I couldn't stop it. <laughs> okay. That's the gin working its magic. <laughs> that was that last gin making its way back. I I understand why this might not be pleasing in terms of gin drinkers. I like it not being a gin drinker, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, I, I get that it's off profile for a gin. Yeah. I'm so. going to make a little metaphor here. <laughs> Actually, right, it's going to be a simile because I'm going to say like. It's like when you get tacos and they put cilantro on top. But when they put way too much cilantro and that's all you taste and it is an assault to your senses, that's what this gin is. It's that assault to me of coriander. Yeah, it's too much citrus. of a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's why we use it in the medicine bottle. Uh, as a way to just add a different play, uh, flavor profile to some gin, yeah. uh, you know, cocktails or whatever you're doing. So uh, I don't want to get you completely off track on Uncle Val's. This is one of three that was happening at that time. So okay. there are different ones. This is a, a leading nice gin. So uh, this How much just, is it? Um, it's in the $40 range. I, I looked it up. It was about 35 36 Yeah. See, to me, it would be an interesting gin to get for under $30. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth that money. For for what purpose? Just comparison's sake? Or? Just to have different types of gin for different types of cocktails sure. or to liven up your gin and tonic. So if you're, if you're looking, it'll say uh, Uncle Val's Gin. And this one has the word botanical. There's others, like it might say floral or it might say something else. So mm. uh, just, just realize there's other things to try and... Uh, you know, if you are building a gin collection that's anything like uh, what I'm sitting amongst here. Uh, in, <laughs> bourbon wise. In the bourbon room. <laughs> in, in Perry's bourbon room. Uh, yeah, I it would be a fine addition to create some uh, amazing I like things. <laughs> I feel claustrophobic in here. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I think I would like to try this in a Spanish gin and tonic mm. because they like to use grapefruit as their garnish gotcha. and i think it would go really well with that grapefruit and they like to add more botanicals to it is that the only thing that separates a regular gin and tonic from a spanish gin and tonic no, there's more you want to look it up i would be happy to look it up okay cool i'll just talk amongst yourselves 
I know that it's served in a red wine glass for, well, it's a special glass that I guess they use because it's ginormous, but you could, to make it at home, use a red wine glass mm. unless you have something larger. Mm. Getting there. Sorry. It's okay. I'm seeing some, uh, is that a rosemary sprig? I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. It's, uh, this recipe, basically the only difference is juniper berries, lemon wheel, and thyme for, garnish? The, for the garnish. Wow. Amazing. Um, and it says... Okay, so the recipe is just pour the gin into a wine glass filled three quarters with ice, top with the tonic, place the juniper berries, lemon wheel, and thyme into the glass. Wow. So that's one recipe. Hold on, I have the answer. Okay. Let me find it in this article. (laughs) (laughs) All right, millennials with your interwebs. (laughs) Millennials. So, a Spanish gin and tonic is just called a gin tonic. You drop the and, so that's the first difference. (laughs) Okay. The, oh my gosh, I hate reading. They give you the little bit that you need when you're searching for the article, and then you have to scroll and scroll and scroll to find your answer. Are you on uh, tripsavvy.com? No. What? Well, she's looking. I'm going to make a little uh, suggestion for you guys, especially if you're into doing any cocktail exploration. Uh, my lovely wife, Annie, uh, got me one of the uh, soda streams for Christmas years ago, and I've loved that. There's so much you can do with that by being able to create your own fresh uh, sparkling water so that you can make your own tonics. Uh, I highly recommend a soda stream if you're a do-it-yourself type uh, cocktail maker. And uh, it really does allow you to make some amazing fresh tonics for these uh, gins. All right, that's all I got. Pressure's I'm on. almost there. So close. So, so close. I'm okay. Really, oh, here we go. In the Spanish gin tonic, the drink is elaborately garnished with many different herbs, spices, and flowers to amplify the botanicals in the gin. So, so that's, that's it. That's all that it's telling me. So they're just getting more imaginative with their uh, yes, with their garnishes. Lots of ice, lots of gin, lots of good fresh quality tonic, and it's go crazy with mm-hmm. aromatic garnish. I love it. I can't wait. Let's do it. All right, I'm down. So that was uh, the the gin Patreon bonus episode. I kind of liked that. It was mm-hmm. nice doing something different. Refreshing. So, refreshing indeed. Yes. Hopefully we enlighten some of you to uh, drink gin, I guess. Try it again. If you have had a bad experience in the past, make sure that you use a quality gin and not a cheap gin because that's just going to taste like ethanol and tonic if that's what you choose to drink it with. But a good gin cocktail, I think, is a good way to be reintroduced to gin and gin in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Refreshing is the word I would have uh, gone with for, yeah. for gin. It is very refreshing. It, uh, it has its own medicinal qualities, so you can use it as an excuse. But uh, yeah, but so does bourbon. Uh, true that. <laughs> bourbon beats cancer. It apparently. does. Bourbon it beats, it beats everything. 
If you want to know more about that, we'll tell you. Yeah. But Just message I, I Perry do, on a platform. What I do highly sort. recommend, guys and gals, is uh, explore gin instead of vodka. Yes. Because vodka, Please. all vodka As does. As we know, vodka sucks. Vodka is just ethanol. It yeah. is just ethanol. It is whatever you want to distill, taken to, was it 297.6 or whatever? What, you know, you can't create, uh, like, you can't create 100, you can't create 200 proof, you can't create 200% or whatever, except in a vacuum. Uh, I said that wrong. So, anyway, um, that's why. Like pure grain is 190 because you can never get to 200. All right. You can't get there. Uh, right. So once you're there, you're theoretically pure ethanol. Mm-hmm. They just water it down to the 80 proof and sell it to you as vodka. All right. That's all you're doing is turning other things into alcohol. Gin, on the other hand, is a way to actually create some magic. Mm-hmm. All right. So this, oh, it's much more artistic. Yeah, and, and and as we've seen here, we've we've had completely different. That's one thing turned out way better tonight than I thought. Completely different experiences. Completely different. Every single one was completely yeah. different. And what was great is that you know four of them were split into pairs. Yeah. And they came from the same distilleries in those yeah. pairs. So I mean, even just seeing you know, it's the same thing with bourbon. You know, you get different parts of the warehouse. You get um, you know, different locations on, on site. And, you know, it may be the same distillery, the same recipe and everything, but you know, it's going to produce something totally different. So seeing that on, on a much more minuscule level in terms of, you know, really thinking about what goes into the, the flavors of a product, that's really fascinated to me. I think that's what, um, kind of got me interested in learning more about gin in the first place, not just because, you know, Lucy drinks it and I'm like, maybe I should try this too and see what it's all about. But, you know, I, I have said that I like gin, Yeah. you know, and I think this kind of solidified it for me too, that it's, it's quite good. Well, I think what's great about it, especially for people like you all listening and Perry, the ones that are serious about bourbon and can pick apart all the different flavors. Mm-hmm. That's how gin is. It's, you know, you take a white dog and you age it and you create bourbon. And there's so many different things that go into each one to make it individual. And that's the same with gin. You take a white dog of sorts, you know, yeah. and add things and it becomes a different experience. So it's an easy thing that I think, I think it'd be easy to get into for serious drinkers Right. to have those different experiences. Well, speaking of bourbon, I did, to wrap this up, uh, pull out the... Oh, come on, man. <laughs> We're in a perfectly good episode. I... <laughs> <laughs> I did pull out the Wild Turkey Decades Master's Keep mm. uh, for myself and Brett, since Lucy doesn't want to drink bourbon, which is okay. But anyway, this is a blend of 20, uh, 20-year-old and 10-year-old wow. Wild Turkey product. Um I wanted to kind of close the show out with that. Uh, but I, I like doing tips and bits for Patreon, too, uh, where you know, it doesn't have to be alcohol-related. It can be something we've watched or read or enjoyed recently. So I'd like to recommend something to our listeners. Lucy, do you want to go first? Sure. I'd like to recommend <clears throat> Audible. 
I can't remember what all they say in their ads, so I can't go on like that. But I have so far this year, I'm on my sixth book because I've been listening to my books. So I listen all day long and I feel like it's a really great way to read if you don't have time to sit down with a book or if you don't have the attention span like I do to sit and read a book. We Okay, to put that into perspective for people, we're in the sixth week of the year. Which means that you've basically read yeah. a book a week yeah. so far this year. Yeah. I would love to see the, see you get to 52 books this year. I think that'd be awesome. You realize they cost around like 20 bucks. I would love for you to d- read as many books as you can fit into a year. <laughs> <laughs> to your budget. <laughs> Whether they're $50 or 52 or not. Well, the so. most recent book that I had to wait for my Audible credit to come through because the book was like 50 bucks because it's a really big book Holy and it's moly. 50 hours worth of listening. So I was like, well, I'm not going to pay 50 bucks. <laughs> so <laughs> I waited for my $15 Audible credit to come through and I got it for that instead. <laughs> okay. Well, fair yeah. enough. So Audible. That's fine. Yeah. Brett? Bit. Well, I'd like to take this chance to recommend a very good gin martini. Oh, okay. All right. Perfect. So uh, maybe you're at dinner or at a bar with some friends and, you know, you want something nice and different that's still light and refreshing. I know a lot of people are scared away by maybe the olives. You know, Ugh, you might like not me. like the briny olive thing. Nasty. Um, like a dirty martini. Like my sister drinks a filthy dirty martini. It's like really they just take the olive jar from behind the bar and put some vodka in it and shake it up. That's what she likes. Yeah. That's like the grossest thing I could ever right. imagine. And like I like olives, but I can never have a drink oh with olive gosh. juice yes. in it. So let's lighten this up. I just want to up. vomit thinking about it. Let's freshen it up. <laughs> can you say vomit on Patreon? Absolutely. Vomit. Okay, excellent. <laughs> you can say vomit. You can say puke. You can say chunder. Ralph. You can say Ralph. Oh, you can right. say... <laughs> Well, this is this is my my go to just classic gin martini, and just you know when you order it, um, you might want to take a little spin on James Bond because uh, this is a gin martini. Mm-hmm. But I always order a Hendrix. Absolutely. All right. Ask for a Hendrix gin martini. Uh, I actually, you might feel the need to tell them not to spare the vermouth because most vodka drinkers just. They don't even want the vermouth. Sure. That's a lost, very important component to a martini. So, you know, don't spare the vermouth. Stir. Don't shake it, please. (laughs) And do a lemon, uh, just a lemon zest garnish, a nice lemon twist of the zest. And that is going to be amazing. But the the capper that I think makes a wonderful martini, St. Germain. Oh, yes, absolutely. A nice St. Germain. You can either have it added as, as a floater but just have them put it right in the mix before they stir it. It's going to give it a nice, delightful, delightful finish. You're going to love it. I also want to recommend a bee's knees while we're recommending. <laughs> You've done that already. Cocktail. I know, but I'm officially recommending it now. It's my a favorite gin cocktail. bee's knees. I've seen people do it with bourbon. They've stolen the name. Well, huh. Yes. Uh, it's still good with bourbon. I've had something similar. <laughs> That's probably where I had it. But there's nothing like... A regular old bee's knees. Man, it's refreshing. Yeah. It's I'm, I'm sorry. I'm stre- My leg got all cramped up. I'm trying to stretch it it's out okay. while we're sitting here. I need to let the dogs in. They've been outside too Yeah. Long. Well, I'll finish up real quick. Uh, I, Lucy and I just got back into Curb Your Enthusiasm yep. last night, which I love that show so much. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so daggum funny. It's on HBO. Um, we're just on the second most recent season, uh, but it's an easy 30, 40 minute watch. 
and Larry David's hilarious as always. He's very much George Costanza in his, in his own show. Um, that's it. Thank you all so much for being patrons. We really appreciate it. It's so fantastic to see you guys support the show every single month. Uh, we love you all so much. Anything else you guys want to plug before we hop off? Just Jen, try it. Try again. Try, try Jen. Jen. Try it again. Jen. Give it a chance. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. Love you guys. Thanks, Barry. See you. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you guys both for being on. Jeez. Thanks for I'm having ter- us. I'm a terrible host. Oh, really thank are. you for having us. Uh, I appreciate you guys spending time with me recording for Patreon. Uh, we'll see you for the regular episode next week. See you next month. Uh, for the next bonus episode. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my Jin podcast. Excellent. For Patreon. Bye, Patreonians. <laughs> That's the, the state of Patreon. Thanks for funding <laughs> Perry's Habit. <laughs> so I don't have to. <laughs> All right. Thanks for leaving it on that. <laughs> All right. Bye. Love you. Bye. Love you, love you too. <laughs>Course. Thank you to Lucy and Brett for coming on and hanging out uh, during that bonus episode. I had a really fun time chatting with them and uh, trying something quite a bit different on uh, on, on that that episode. So uh, this doesn't mean that we're not going to do an official wrap up of uh, Whiskey Weekend Batch Two. It just means that it's going to get pushed a little bit once I get the chance to uh, kind of collect my thoughts and um, have some other people to bounce off of. I will say. It was a fantastic time, and I didn't mean to push it so far to to this point in the episode, but I really, really had a wonderful time getting to reconnect with uh, with old friends, getting to meet new ones, and just share really wonderful whiskeys uh, around. So uh, yeah, look for the recap of Whiskey Weekend Batch 2 coming within the next week or so. Until then, we have some, uh, some business to get down to, and that is... Answering, answering, answering some Patreon questions, rather. So all of these uh, questions are taken from patreon.com slash mybourbonpodcast, uh, where you can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later on. So this first question comes from our good buddy Dustin Whitaker. Uh, he says, what is it, or asks, rather, what is the best pour from Whiskey Weekend Batch 2? Uh, he also said, I'm craving another sandwich from Heavens to Betsy so badly. Uh, the Heavens to Betsy, first off, is a fantastic sandwich shop in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Uh, which is another place that you need to check out uh, if you are in town and also some place that you will typically go if you wind up on a tour with us at Distilled Experiences. So I would say the best pour from Whiskey Weekend Batch 2. Oh, man. Uh, We have this tradition now where we go out to the Wild Turkey Distillery, and uh, this is uh, myself, Dustin, Bob Little, and Travis Gintz, we all go out on their back patio overlooking Kentucky River, and uh, we share a bottle around, and this year it was a Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit. And there was something so good uh, about that, that that specific single barrel, and we, we just couldn't get over how phenomenal it was. Not to say that we didn't love the... Uh, the Kentucky Owl Batch 2 that we got to try, uh, or Owl Rye Batch 4, which was pretty phenomenal. And, you know, it's kind of hard not to mention the fact that we got to pass around a bottle of 
Pappy 23. So there were a lot of really, really good things uh, that made it to the, the tasting table at Whiskey Weekend Batch 2. Uh, Eric Smith asks, is hand sanitizer the new Weller? I would venture so far as to say that it might just be the next Pappy Van Winkle if we're not too, uh, getting too careful. Or getting too... Whew, words are hard. If we're not uh, too careful at this point. Uh, ADHD Whiskey, who has been on the show before, of course, or better known as Matt Porter, or reverse the two, who's to say? How did the Beagle Rare photo with Will, uh, Grease, and Dixon come about, and how is it now versus when we tasted uh, tasted it? rather? P.S. Miss you. Well, first off, Matt, I miss you too, quite a bit. I, I was pretty much the driving force behind making sure this picture happened. I, I asked Dixon if we could all kind of get it out and look at it together, and then I was like, well, it just makes sense for us to uh, take a picture together with it because that was the most amount of people in one room really that had uh, ever laid hands on it and uh, had had some kind of effect on it uh, so it only made sense to you know do something with it so it was kind of my thought behind it but you know it was I was just thankful that everybody was able to able to get together and do that I'm going to share that photo uh, on social media here in the next couple of days as well Darren Wright asks a very specific question, and he says, Have you ever had it in a Norlin? Um, I, yeah, I have, actually, Darren. I don't know where that voice came from, either. That was strange. Uh, Stephen asks, what is your... Uh, Stephen Sussman, by the way. He said, what is the funniest memory from Whiskey Week in Batch 2? Also, is it time to start your modeling career, Perry, after that pick that Chad took of you from Heaven Hill? Uh, first off, is it time to start my modeling career? Anything's possible. I'll say that much. And uh, what's my funniest memory from Whiskey Weekend Batch 2? Uh, so on the way to lunch, uh, on our second day there, we did a loop around about two or three blocks of Louisville, no less than three times. And it's... Um, it was quite it was quite magical seeing somebody incompetently try to drive us from point A to point B when it was just a block and a half away and instead they took us around and around and around and then finally figured out that we were supposed to be going a different way. So that was that was amusing and uh hearing all the commentary that was going on behind the scenes um you know, it it made a very hungover bus ride that much uh, that much less painful. So, I'd say that's my my favorite or the what what the funniest memory from Whiskey Weekend Batch Two was. Uh, Cole Boozer asks if Elijah Craig Barrel Proof ever follows the path of Weller, never in stock, overpriced, uh, second market, uh, secondary market rather, uh, market engine. How would I respond? This is a tough question because. Um, Elijah Craig Barrel Proof is already fairly hard to find. I mean, it's not regularly available, but it is, um, you know, it, it's just not, it's not always on the shelf. So if it, but if it became this monster, I don't know, man, there, there's nothing really on the market that kind of parallels it at, at this point. I mean, 
you start talking about things like larceny barrel proof and you know the first release wasn't as good as i wanted it to be uh, then you move into bookers which potentially has a price uh, a price hike which i'm not terribly crazy about but if that's the case that's the case and we're just gonna have to kind of roll with it um I would probably move a little bit down in proof and a little bit down in price and just kind of settle with rare breed, which is not my, you know, not my immediate go-to ideal way of handling that situation. But I think that it's a, a fair way of, of tackling that. So I would, I would probably say, uh, I'd, I'd move on to rare breed. So unfortunately, but you know, this is all hypothetical. I don't know if that's actually going to, uh, going to happen or not uh bill robarge asks a couple of questions asks rather uh he said which irish whiskey are you drinking for saint patty's day and yes i also posted this question on its bourbon night lol (laughs) i i am not much of an irish whiskey drinker but i don't know i i could i'd be open to suggestions i could always uh go out and grab a bottle uh, that day and you know find something to crack open for the heck of it i don't know just really not that big into irish whiskey i tried it once and one a couple of times in college and just really wasn't really wasn't my jam uh and then this last question is also from bill he said what is your take on caribou crossing is it really the canadian blands i would say that it potentially has the same following as blanton's but i don't necessarily know if it has the quality that blanton's might have uh, this is also saying uh, or coming from a place of not having had Caribou Crossing. I've seen it kind of pop up a little bit around Lexington, so maybe I can try it at some point. I don't know. Uh, there's just so many other things I would rather be drinking in the meantime. But I don't, I don't know, man. Who's to say? It could very well be the exact same deal. And I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have enough experience with it to really make that call uh, 100%. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you all so much, Patreon, for sending in your questions. Uh, for, for this week's episode, we're going to wrap it up with, uh, with tips and bits real quick. Quick, rather, if I could speak. I, um, I recently got about, uh, about halfway through um, the, and again... If you don't know, if you haven't listened to the show before, then uh, you, you don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm quite the nerd, and uh, I recently got about halfway through the uh, the DC animated uh, retelling of The Dark Knight Returns, which is a comic book from, uh, a graphic novel rather, from, jeez, I sound like a nerd, <laughs> uh, uh, from Frank Miller in the 80s. Uh, which tells the story of an aged, uh, kind of grizzled and hardened Bruce Wayne, Batman, um, where he comes out of retirement and uh, faces new threats, and everything is just a fantastic retelling of that story, I think. Uh, and, I, you know, it's animated very well. So uh, you can find that pretty much anywhere uh, that you uh, that you rent or own movies, if that's something that interests you. It's It's really well done. I enjoy it. Uh, I need to go back and finish it up. But uh, yeah, that's it for tips and bits for me this week. And um, thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it. 
Uh, it's kind of a weird week, I know, but uh, I hope that uh, you enjoyed this uh, special special look into what it means to be a Patreon subscriber. Again, if you want to become one of those, you can head to patreon.com slash podcast, and for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. At $5, you do get those bonus episodes and bonus audio content. Uh, at $10 a month, you get to be a part of our uh, monthly live streams and hangouts. Uh, which are going to be occurring uh, here very soon. So if you want more information on that, again, patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I am at pirator1492 on all social media platforms. The show itself is at mybourbonpod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, like we said at the top of the show, you can give, the, give us a five-star rate and review on iTunes. It's just do a write-in app. Uh, you just scroll down a little bit, and uh, you can leave your comments. You can leave your stars, and it really, really does help us out in terms of getting to new listeners and expanding the family. As always, you can find all of our apparel and merchandise at bourbonshop.threadless.com. You can send in your questions or comments to thismybourbonshop at gmail.com, and if you would like to send in a voicemail for us to listen to for the barrel rings uh, segment which occurs at the end of most uh, most episodes now. We haven't done it in a couple of weeks, but we're going to kick it back up here very soon. You can call 859-428-8253 and leave us a voicemail one more time. 859-428-8253. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Distill Experiences. As always, we really do appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back next week with uh, probably a little bit more of a regular episode. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my Bourbon Podcast. Mm-hmm.